What? <laughs> I don't call everybody. I don't call a lot of people. I don't call a lot of people Elizabeth. I don't call my brother Elizabeth. I don't know. It's like Tajal Elizabeth Smith, and he hates it. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You have selfish, ignorant citizens. You're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee deep in a pool of stagnation. Ah, oh, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, welcome to. <laughs> She's laughing. Hey guys, welcome to Objectively Incorrect. Um, I'm your boy Steven Smith. Today we are joined with Nikira Nichols, financial freedom fighter on a journey of intentional living. Current resident of New York, but a Kitishan woman to, of the soil. She's soul is Kitishan 150%. 100%. Nikira, welcome to the show. Hi, 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 Steven. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, it's great. So, guys, we're going to be talking about a couple of different things. We're going to touch on um, George Floyd a little bit, but we're going to also talk about only Victoria Farm. We're going to look at some manifesto stuff. Um, and we're going to just do a simple wrap up of what's going on in the States and what's going on in St. Kitts right now. So, like, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Before we even get to that, we're going to do a fact of fiction. Guys, I'm trying not to make Nakira nervous about fact of fiction. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I, and not to make it anxious. So what I did is I created a compilation of facts that have to do with dancing because Nikki Ray is Oh also, my gosh, this is going to be difficult. I, I don't think so. I think it's going to be pretty easy. Yes. No, we're going to go into this positive. Number one. <laughs> a world record, the world record for the longest Congo line was set by 119,986 people in Miami in 1988. The world record for the longest Congo dance line was set by 119,986 people in Miami in 1988. True or false? 1988. I wasn't even born. I actually had to write down the number and all. That's all I got. Lots of people, Stephen. I'm going to go with false. It's but true. I, I think it's true. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. It actually happened. I don't know. That's a lot of people. I don't know what kind of congolese. That's, that, is, that is ridiculous. All right. So number two. African slaves that were brought in Brazil in 300 to 400 years ago were prohibited from practicing martial arts. So, they developed the mix of dancing and fighting that is known today as copera. True or false? I don't know, Stephen. Then it's a guess. Uh, true? True. It's 100%. Yes, it's true. 100%. <laughs> See, you can't do it too bad. 100%. I get one right. Um, number three. See, you're doing good. Number three. According to studies, professional dance is one of the safest and easiest careers for practitioners. According to studies, professional dance is one of the safest and easiest careers for practitioners. True or false? False. It's false! 100%! <laughs> it is false. And this, these, facts here, these facts stunned me. Okay, so they said, professional dance is today regarded as one of the most demanding physical abilities and sports, because it was made a sport. 
According to studies, 80% of all professional dancers have at least one major injury during their career. And a staggering 93% of all dance teachers were forced into the position after a career-ending injury. 93%. That's, not, that's not surprising. To you? <laughs> that's not that's surprising, not surprising at all. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> at first... Waltz was performed with arms length between male and female dancers. Close embrace only happened after English Queen Victoria fell in love with dance and forced this change. <laughs> At first, Waltz was performed mm -hmm. with arms length. You know Waltz, the type of dance? Yeah. Like the ballroom dance. Was performed with arms length between male and female dancers. Close embrace happened only after English Queen Victoria fell in love with the dance and forced this change? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. She did. She fell in love with it and she just wondered why she couldn't dance close to the person. She was like, no, nobody else can ever dance arms length apart again. It's going to be close. So ballroom now is close. I noticed it was like a distance thing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure of like the name. All right, last one. And you've already won the game, by the way. Number five, <laughs> the last one. A single ballet tutu can cost up to USD $2,000. A single ballet tutu can cost up to what? USD $2,000. True or false? $2,000? It thousand US. Mm, depends on what it's made of. Maybe you got crystals and stuff. I'll say true. It's 100% true. The more, <laughs> and the thing is, it, that's not even... It's, it's funny because when I did the research for this, this was the fact. And then when I did the research, I found that depending on who you get to make it, the... Oh, that too. There is no limit to it because you could... More jewels and feathers and glitter can bring up the price even higher. Granted, you can go online and find one for two hundred or even twenty dollars. But okay, we're going on in the states, man. What's up? What's up up there? Not as bad. Well, let me not say not as bad from my perspective. Not actually, it is bad, but mm -hmm. not as bad as the news making it out to be. It's bit. It's bad for certain aspect. Maybe you know the protesting that going on and you know the looting and stuff like that. So I won't denounce that. But in terms of like COVID, if mm -hmm. you think about it, we had a we have a curfew now because mm -hmm. of like the looting, but we didn't have a curfew with the COVID. Wow, that that is crazy. New York was like the ep one of the epicenters of. Of, exactly. So we didn't have we didn't have a curfew at all, at all, at all for the for the COVID. Apart from the, like you know them closing down work and what's not, but there wasn't any limitation in terms of like any time constraints or when you could go outside or shopping. Apart from like you wearing a mask or still saying like oh you need a mask to come in, mm -hmm. but that was pretty much about it. But in terms of like. Any curfew or anything, no restraints were like put into place. But like because of like the protesting now and the looting, we have a um, a time constraint on us. But the thing is, isn't isn't it kind of weird? Because I mean, like I, I saw a lot of pictures. I mean, the early days of COVID, I haven't seen any anything resurface lately. But I've seen some pictures of New York like completely empty. 
Like, especially Times Square in the Manhattan. city. The city, yeah, the city, but maybe not like in the, you know, Bronx or Brooklyn, like, mm. you know, more neighborhood places. Ain't really like that, but in the city, because like that's where most the stores and stuff are located and yeah. they're closed. So it's going to be empty. But in terms of like parks and stuff like that, at least from what I could see and from the little walks that I've been taking, like in the afternoon, mm-hmm. people operating as normal. That they are like it's, just, it's. I mean, is it is it that is social distancing or is like screw that? What what is it? Some people do. So I went to the park on Saturday, mm-hmm. and there were absolutely no social distancing. What? Like I sat on a bench and a guy literally sat right next to me. What? And a little. I had my mask like pulled down a bit because I can't breathe with it at all. Like I have like really. I have a difficult time. I start to like cough and stuff. And no, I don't have COVID. I just, you know, have some breathing problems. But yeah, like I don't see like any kind of like social distancing really happening. At least when I went to the park on Saturday, there wasn't like none of that. Like nobody like move away from me. Like everybody, I mean like the swings and the parks where kids like play, like all the kids were in there. I mean, they have somebody like giving out masks, but even when people enter, the people in there don't have on any masks. They're just I don't free. know if you're really serving any purpose at all. Wow, that that is crazy because that that sounds that sounds like it's echoing. Because I'm not so sure. Is it that from what you heard? Is it that the COVID nineteen epidemic is it like receding or is the are the cases still climbing? Is it leveling off? Like what? what well, you the news. Um, they said, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago that there, it was the first time that in weeks or months that they didn't have like any case for one of the days. But that's pretty much about it. When the looting started, they said there was a spike. Oh, there was a but spike. But I didn't really like delve into, into it. it. Yeah. Because the thing is, I feel like, I don't know if in, in, in the States, like people, again, because it's like the new cycle now focusing and the whole George, the, the George Floyd um, movement, um, mm-hmm. which we could probably delve into a little bit, a little bit later. But the George Floyd movement. So it's like you're not hearing as much about COVID nineteen. It's like it's not the headline anymore, um, yep. and therefore it's like you're seeing even in Saint Kitts because I, I could talk about the, the microcosm of Saint Kitts. Uh, <laughs> um, here, I, I the one thing that surprised me is that last week we had um, in the last maybe week week and a couple of days we had two motor kids um yeah the first one was videos. yes it's, it's crazy the first one was i think by lab, the labor party right and that was last mm-hmm. week i i, I want to say it was last week tuesday but don't quote me but it was last week sometime right and i was surprised that they gave any allowance for motorcade seeing that we're supposed to still be um you know exercising you know, like social distancing, wearing of masks and so on. And for the entire electoral campaign, like I've, I've been seeing some interesting, like, like people are not really taking it seriously. It's like if you talk to the populace, most people are saying like, um, you know, we, we are COVID free. I'm like, we're COVID free. Is it that we don't have any confirmed cases? Are we COVID, because COVID free sounds a little um, like bold. It sounds mm-hmm. bold to me. Just because you don't have any cases, like it, it, you haven't been testing for any cases, so you really don't know if you have any cases of COVID nineteen anymore. Mm-hmm. But anyway, everybody was moving like Superman and Super and, and Wonder Woman, like just 
trucks full of people jamming music. You know what I mean? Everybody crammed into a car. Like, it's just like, no masks. It was just like, it, yeah. like the complete opposite of what we've been doing for the last few months. And I was like alarmed that this was happening. And then we had this humongous motorcade on Saturday. It was not Saturday, yesterday, actually, Sunday. Yeah. Humongous. It was, to me, I think it was more or less the biggest motorcade that I have ever I've ever like seen or like witnessed or heard any testimony of. Like there were wow. people from like it had a it had a point where the motorcade had gotten to um to to Bastia, right? Which is more or less the end point. And <laughs> the end of the motorcade, the tail end of the motorcade was still in St. Paul's. So what? yeah, so it was like it was that level of and, and that's just what I could confirm. That's not the actual truth. It might have been longer than that, but that's just what I could confirm. Like I could confirm having to talk to two people and say, like, hey, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in St. Paul's. I, I, we just reached home. You know what I mean? So like that is the kind of motorcade we're talking about, right? And if you see this motorcade, yeah, like it's just, it's ridiculous. So like you have all of these people motorcading, jamming, like just having a, a, a celebratory time. And I'm like, I guess COVID-19 is not a serious thing anymore. I guess, I guess this is just last, I guess we're good. What was actually strange was that you guys, they lifted the curfew for, mm. you know, the elections period, uh, I guess for the, for people to vote and what's not, but then they put it back on. Yeah. They, they just, they put it back immediately. Like it was only off. It was off on Thursday night. Um, mm -hmm. It was off on Friday night, Saturday night, and then on Sunday it was back on at seven. But the thing is, the motorcade kind of violated that because if you have such a, the motorcade didn't get to, um, at, at, at least from what the conf, the confirmation I got, it didn't get to the the movies, which is in Bastia. It didn't get to Bastia until eight thirty or so, eight thirty five, eight forty five, somewhere in that general vicinity. I don't think it got to I don't think it got to Bastia until that point, right? From what I could confirm. Wow. And um <laughs> and the curfew was seven o'clock. Yes, nobody nobody get any charge of the three thousand dollars. That's the thing, like how like <laughs> if you think about it, like how Im it would be absolutely impractical yeah. to charge you know, I, I want to think more than 60% of the entire country, $3,000 for violating curfew. It, it's just, it's a majority game. It's like, the, the most you could do as police, you cannot detain that amount of people. You can't, yeah. you, don't, you, you don't have the resources to do that. Not even close, right? So the only thing that I think they could have done was to just send people home. Like, like as they got, as they're driving down, it's like, all you need to get off the path, go home, right? Like, that's all you can really do. You can't write up, yeah. you can't write up thousands of people. <laughs> you can't write, so it, it's almost like, I can't write up thousands of people, so do I write up anybody at all? Yeah. Nah. So, you just, yeah, no, nobody, nobody got charged for that. <laughs> I, just, I just feel, it was just, it's just, you know, for the whole electoral process, I think that's one of my biggest, like, um, I mean, we've, we've, we had our, our elections on, on the 5th, 5th of June. 
Um, and mm. one of my biggest, um, like, not really complaints, but criticisms uh, for both sides is just the lack of, like, just responsible behavior. Like, it's almost like at some point the, the election was being conducted as if there was not a pandemic. Like, it was just the, some of the decisions made did involve like making some form of you know you know adjustment for the pandemic for example the streams like they yeah. they try i think they did make an effort to not break social distancing but you kind of see even in the streams you kind of see a yeah. lot of breaking of that because like they, the politicians would interact <laughs> with each other like they, they they're yeah. talking at the same mic and nobody wearing a mask <laughs> or anything it's just like we ain't gonna covid so we good so it's like some provisions, yeah. but my biggest, again, my biggest argument against is just, you're going to not speak out and say, guys, like as the leader of the opposition or leader in common, nobody spoke out to say like, hey, everyone who follows me, if you, to practice it. we yeah. still need to remain vigilant and observant and we need to obey the social distancing criteria. We also need to make sure we mask up. Like, we don't want a resurgence. Nobody said anything. There was a whole murder that happened in Old Road. Nobody yeah. said anything. Like, again, it's, I would love if somebody corrects me if I'm wrong because I want to have renewed faith, right? So if anybody's... Actually, out, yeah. wait, when you say nobody said anything, you mean any of the politicians? The politicians. Actually, um, Mr. Lindsey Grant... He did make, uh, on one of his streamings, he did, you know, bring some light to it in terms of showing some condolences to the Samuel family, it is? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, the Samuels. Mm -hmm. So he did, yeah, so before he started his campaigning speech and what's that, he did bring some light to it. But I didn't hear anybody else say anything about it. Did he, did he, did he, what, did he say anything to, like, mobilize people to say, hey, look, guys, we have to be more responsible or we can't nah it's just like hey my condolences i'm sorry that your son died like that's it that's the general long and short pretty much yeah. and you know sorry and what's not and then moving on with the campaign <laughs> Bye. oh man I, I don't know man i don't know it's just like i mean what what do you think do you think what do you think about our previous? I mean, I don't want to lament on it, but what do you think about our previous election cycle? I mean, you you were observing it, I think, more in depth than me in terms of looking at some of the political meetings and so on. Are uh, more of the political? I I only watched like mm -hmm. I only watched like two. To be honest, I saw some broad strokes from a lot of them, but I really only sat to watch two. I don't know if I gained much of anything from them, but, but what, what I really don't. But what did you get from it? I mean, as a total, like when you look at it on a totalitarian level, like what did you, what did you? Um, so I listen to both sides on the streams and on the radio sometimes. I found that I got more value from listening to the youths um express themselves on what they wish they could have wish could happen or changes that they would like to see and commenting on things that the politicians might say or you know different reforms things like that i feel like i got more value from that than the actual politicians you know they did campaign on what they would do and you know bash one each, each other on like things that they should have done or they could have done better or things like that and I'm not there to say, like, you know, 
what was really carried out or what was not carried out. Mm-hmm. But I wish they stuck more to what they will do and how they will do it. Because even when we look at the manifestos, both of them are talking about, some of them are talking about, I would say, quite similar stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. a lot of it doesn't say how. And I guess manifestos don't really set up. And it was released and we had very little time to really, you know, delve into it or even ask them questions about over, it, like, yeah. the radio or ask about it in terms of, like, how will these, like, play out? But some of them have had some really, really good plans, both parties, actually. But, yep. you know, everything looks good on paper. And I'm not saying that they will get, like, everything done because, you know, sometimes, of course, that's kind of, like, impossible. But some of the plans that you know, that they would say they're going to do. I wish we had more time to, like, interview them on how they would get it it. done. For example, I was looking, seeing that, you know, the Unity, the Team Unity, you know, one and, you know, going to be farming the government. So I started delving more into the manifesto so I could help um, hold them accountable in the future, Mm -hmm. seeing that the next five years I'm going to be a first-time voter. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope so by I then. I want to make sure. I hope by then I we have reform. I hope by then yeah, we have some amount of reform. Like, because I, I'm going to speak about that later, but um, some stuff that happened during the election, the actual, the actual day of the election, and maybe even before, um, mm-hmm. were a little disconcerting. But um, yeah, continue. So, like, for Team Unity, they had some really good stuff. Initially, when I heard both parties talking about, you know, for example, you know, I dance. So performing as both, both of them saying like, oh, we're going to, you know, help the creatives, um, people in the arts and stuff like that. We've heard this before. Mm-hmm. We've we, heard about them bringing this before. Decades, 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 decades. So it's like, okay, is it just, and for some, for one of them, actually, it was kind of like, just like a bullet point. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's not like anything to be like, you know, focused on. It's just like a bullet point. So this may or may not get done. Cause, so I don't know. <laughs> um, also, when they first started talking about, you know, the peace initiative, mm-hmm. I was like, I really don't like, I mean, everybody was saying, oh, they're paying off the gangs and, you know, paying this. And I was like, you know, at first I was like, this actually sounds really, really ridiculous to me. In terms of like, but then when I listen to other people speak about it, mm-hmm. they seem to adjust really well to it, which was surprising. They adjust with women. Because, um, you know, the country have like, you know, it's peace, you know, nobody dying now, which of course everybody is happy for. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, people are saying that these people are being paid a lot and lots of money mm-hmm. versus, you know, and I don't know um, how much work they are really doing. I'm not there to really, like, see exactly, like, I'm just, like, going off of, like, what other people might be saying and mm. the feedback I might be seeing on social media. And, of course, my family and I have friends who was also affected by, you know, this gang violence thing. Mm. So I get it in terms of, you know, bringing the peace, but I wish there was some more clarity or transparency in terms yeah, of yeah. what is actually being Happening, done. Yeah, 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 what true. how are we facilitating this? Yes, they're working. Okay. What kind of work are they doing? 
And if we're giving them money to like start their businesses and stuff like that, I feel like that should have been like the first thing that they say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 there's there's a lack of there's a complete lack of that. There's a complete lack of transparency. Like there's a lot of hearsay, and I don't normally, like normally I don't run with hearsay. You know what I mean? If I don't yeah. if I don't have like an official saying or like official an official person in in their capacity going on on record and saying, hey, look, this is what's happening. Like I think people could kind of just create anything. Like I've heard, yeah. I've heard some ridiculous numbers being thrown around. Like this, this, this specific person used to be a gang person, and they're making this amount of thousands of dollars a week. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I hear what you're saying, and I understand why that would make you mad. But who verified this for you? Oh, the person tell me that the person told exactly. me directly that this is what they make. I said. Who <laughs> I say you you when when you go to work, do you tell anybody like do you go and publish, hey, look, this is the amount of money I I work for? Does that sound normal to you? If the person is making five thousand dollars a week, let's just say they're making five thousand mm-hmm. dollars a week, did they verify this with you? Like have you, do you have a way to verify that they're telling you the truth or that they're just making you feel like they're making a lot of money? Like could yeah. you see it? Like it's it's just a lot of question marks just for me. Like yeah. Just... So if if the government itself was transparent yeah. about it, I feel like you know it might be yeah. And also, did they like what kind of guidance they get? Okay, if they're saying they're working for it, or we helping them start up their businesses and stuff like that. Okay, are they getting any guidance to help them start up these businesses? Are you just giving them you know in hope that they do it and you know they succeed mm-hmm. and what's not? What's the but, oversight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So that's that's the only thing I was like, well, I mean, everybody happy for the peace, you know, nobody dying and stuff like that. But I wish there was just some more transparency in terms of like, you know. I had, a, I had an interesting conversation today about even about even that. Like there's a, a group chat that that I have. And um, one person was saying like that, that's extremely sad um, because they feel like they've worked... Um, had they 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 legit they don't do any criminal activity, um, they were you know you know what I mean they 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 obey the law they do whatever everybody has asked of them and right now they're dead broke right, um, yep. and with no like no help really seeming to come from anywhere they've applied to everything and there's just no no answer for them, and that was the other thing mm-hmm. not to cut you off no go ahead, go ahead go ahead sorry. That was the other thing, because when the Sankey's Labour Party was campaigning, I didn't really hear them say a lot about how they're going to deal with it going forward. Are they going to continue the peace initiative? Are they going to make some adjustments? I didn't hear, like, any... And, and nobody was really, like, you know, um, what do you call it? Asking them a lot of questions, uh, playing devil's it. advocate about it. Which was, you know, kind of really surprising for me because it was just like they 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 make so, like certain references, mm-hmm. but maybe they didn't want to lose votes, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was like, okay, so will you guys? Because you know, like sometimes a government start like this big project and then the other one got in, mm-hmm. 
and sometimes they see it through and sometimes they don't, which is kind of like scary. For example, like the Team Unity government have this plan to do like this bridge from St. Kitts to New Oh York. no, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, sorry. Look, I, that is, I read that. I read that in the manifesto and I legit, I called my girlfriend and we just, we were like, I'm sorry. I, I have to criticize this harshly. I think this is my thoughts. I'm not an economist. I think that is a massive waste of money. I, I am. I am. It's not a. It's not a pop. It's not going to be a popular opinion. I don't expect people to necessarily agree with me, but I think that that initiative is a. If if they've started it, I hope they stop. It's a massive waste of public funds. There are a thousand other things, millions of other things. I feel like you do the money that would actually bring forth better economic progress than to build mm -hmm. a static bridge. From St. Kitts to Nevis over seawater. Like mm -hmm. if you could like if you could even fathom it, to build Port Zante took what about three, four years? About mm -hmm. three, four years. And it was a massive undertaking, hundreds mm -hmm. of millions of dollars. And that's just going out a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> like a few is not is it is it even a few I think it's a few is a few acres? I think it's a few acres. But just a little bit. And it costs hundreds of millions of dollars just to build the pier. The pier, the new one. Yeah. Hundreds of millions, right? And you're going to build, a, like, what economic returns could we expect from direct or even other ways from building a bridge from St. Kitts to Nevis? Like a physical bridge. Like, what are you going to charge? You're going to have to charge a tariff. Because yeah, a large toll or something, and then nobody will do it because it will not be less than a, a ferry. It w there's nowhere that it will be less than a ferry. If the government wants to build a bridge, why I think they should do is buy a boat, buy buy their own boat. <laughs> like if you want to compete with the sea bridge, which again is weird because then you're taking photos to people. But still, if you want to compete with the, the sea bridge and make like a government like sea bridge like boat thing fine do that but building a bridge the the in the, the economic cost i cannot see the cost coming i cannot see it coming back it, it, we just don't have that sort of we don't have that sort of the population to support that you know i didn't even think about like from you know surprisingly i didn't even think about it from an economic standpoint i thought about it in terms of Okay, you say we're going to do this bridge. How long this thing going to take? Because we know sometimes you start something and then another government, let's say you don't go back in. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, is it going to be completed in the five years? Do you Tall. already have a plan for this thing? Because if it's not completed in five years, you're hoping that they, if you get back in, that you're going to be able to complete it. Because like if you don't, there's no guarantee that the next administration is going to follow through. I hope with all God, and I, I pray that that does not happen. I, I, I realize it's number one. In the manifesto highlights, it's like number one, a bridge connecting yeah. things. That is ridiculous. I, there's no... I, I need somebody. <laughs> I need somebody. I'm making an <laughs> invite for somebody to come and discuss with me and prove to me, please... I, I sometimes I like to be wrong, 
because then you could be on the right path. You know, like if you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You know, yeah. you get this kind of egotistical vibe. But if you're wrong, sometimes it's like, okay, good. I'm on the right path yeah. now. I like that. Somebody proved to me how this bridge would be of economic benefit and return to us in St. Kitts and Nevis in my lifetime. And the thing is, maintaining a bridge between St. Kitts and Nevis is also going to be a gigantuan bill. That is, every year, that is, that is like, a, that's like, that's like adopting a child that will never grow up <laughs> past 10. That, the, the child I is perpetually, really perpetually stuck at 10 years old. Perpetually, every year. Never turn 18. That is really, <laughs> like you'll never, you'll never get out of that. You'll never, you'll never get out of it. It's like when they build bridges in the States, like a lot of the times, I kind of I understand, like build a bridge across, you know, from Brooklyn to Manhattan, build a few bridges from Brooklyn to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. There are 8 million people that are going to utilize and pay taxes and do all these nice things in New York. Like, yeah. it makes sense. Also, New York doesn't face... They're not in a, in, a, in a particularly vulnerable position when it comes to natural disasters. Like, they're kind of in that... You know, you guys yeah. are kind of in that... It's so much things to think about. Sweet <laughs> spot. Like, if you have a bridge that connects St. It's a Nevis, the, the one... Ba- you, only, you ain't even need a hurricane. You just need a, a storm to create mm. massive damage and completely erode everything that you've built. Like... Just in a failed swoop. That is, it's know, just it's it's kind of sound kind of scary. It, I wouldn't drive on it. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I I wouldn't. I would. There, there would need to be years and years of people testing this thing out for me to like say, yeah, let's do this. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna test my life on that. I I, I prefer a boat. I'm sorry if a boat sinks. Like, I know it was meant to float and I could just like, hey, I could maybe could tread water until somebody come. But if I trapped in my car, I may see, yeah, da, 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 da. And I float, the, the bridge just gives where I'm just going down. Like, oh my God, I'm just going to die. That's it. <laughs> Give up the ghost. But yeah, um, continuing on. Like, like um, in, you, you made mention of the, uh, the performing arts center. Yeah. Um, that we've been promised that a lot of times. I don't think the government believes in performing. See value in it. I don't think they see value in it. Uh, and yeah, I agree. <laughs> it it's it, it's evident because no matter the administration, yeah. that's never at the forefront of their plan. It, like it's 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 always in a manifesto. Like it's been in the previous manifesto, um, manifestos, um, yeah. and we've heard talks about it. Like, I think in the start of this administration, there was even some consultation on it, but it never went anywhere. It just, it, at least it didn't go anywhere that made any, that broke any ground in a tangible way, right? But I don't believe they believe in, 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 in I don't believe they believe in the performing arts. Yeah, it's, it's sad, because even they talk about, like, upgrading some of these sporting places and sporting grounds in terms of, like, you know, so... You know, they're not affected by rain and stuff like that. But then on the platform, they were saying, like, oh, you could have, it could be, like, a multi-purpose place. So you could have, like, different events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if performing ads is a part of the multi-purpose thing or if it's, like, something, like, separate. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something, and it's, it sounds a little bleak, um, but it's just my thoughts. Whenever you have a sporting 
like a sporting space um in St. Kitts Nevis or whatever in, in any place in 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 in, in, the, in this region it's always going to, if it's a sporting facility first that's always going to be the priority yeah. because it's never like you're never going to run out of of kids, high school children, adults wanting to use that space for sport, for the sporting, for, for, for whatever sporting event or sporting practice that it was designed for. If you're going to make it a multi-purpose center, they might be able to have events there. Like you might be able to have like music festival there once a year or maybe some carnival events a few times a year. But it's not going to be able, you're not going to be able to just go there and use it on an afternoon to do performing arts because it's a yeah. sports facility. So these clubs are going to make use of it every single weekday, Sunday, Monday, Saturday, in the night. You know, it's going to be used as a sporting yeah. facility. It, the, the performing arts component always takes the back seat. It happens everywhere. The only, the only place that, it, that is the opposite is when it comes to like community cent- some community centers. Some community centers are primarily used for like, uh, some, some community centers don't use for t- at all, but some community <laughs> centers are primarily used for like um, the other arts, not sports. Like arts, yeah. You could yeah. you you could get you could get those centers for arts, but you you can't. But again, the, the process of getting those centers is also a next conversation to have entirely. But sporting centers are not good multi-purpose centers when it comes to serving the performing yeah. arts, and they never will be. Yep. Simply because people see it as a sporting center, and it's never going to be prioritized yeah. for anything else. It's a sporting. Set, it's a sporting development set. It's for developing sports. And this is where, like, I always find it to be a couple. Like, you're going to build a stadium and say the performing arts could use the stadium. No, they can't. And no, they will not get the opportunity to do it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> if, if, if you have a football field, people are going to play football on the field. If you, have a, if you have a basketball court, people are going to play basketball on the court. The only time they're going to let up not using the basketball court for what it is for, what it was primarily used for, is if there's an event. And the the event has to be, it can't be that they have an event every day. You could only have an event once every so often. And that's it. So, like, I don't, I I personally, the the backward, and because they're not allowing the performance, the only place that you have, and you don't even have it. I, I've criticized them every time on this show because the ECCB, sorry, I'm very passionate about this topic. The, the ECCB is one of the few, the, the Sir Cecil Jacobs Auditorium, they, they, like, they yeah. like it to be called its actual name. The Sir Cecil Jacobs Auditorium is not suitable and, and I don't, anybody could dispute me on this, come at me. It's not suitable for performing arts as an art. It's, it's, the, it, it's barely and I say barely suitable for performing arts as an event. Barely. It's not accessible mm-hmm. to the public. It's very expensive. And yes, I'll say it. It is extremely expensive and it prohibitive expensive. for what it is. Like if you do the calculations, this the 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 Cecil Jacobs Auditorium could hold about 500 people. Yeah. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. To use that auditorium is thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which means by the time you've paid them 
And, and like even going there, how much could you charge for a show? Because we don't have that kind of culture where there's a lot of um, value placed on, on a show. You know what I mean? There's, there's, barely, value, yeah. there's barely value placed on events like, like jamming and, so, and parties. Barely. Like you could barely, like if you're charging more than $100, people start to like, you start asking a lot of questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like even it's even worse for performing arts. Like you, you're stuck at the 40, 50, 60 maybe yep. dollar per person range. You kind of just kind of stuck like in that kind of weird lowball yeah. kind of vibe, right? And then after you pay ECCB, that's sorry, the Sir Cecil Jacobs Auditorium <laughs> administrative <We> staff. <laughs> There's barely anything left. Nothing left. <laughs> like, even if you, have to, like, you have to, if you have to hire a band to play for you, and like you have to buy the costumes and get the props made and, you know, just gasoline, transportation. It's just... Nothing left. There's nothing. You might come out of there with a loss. You might come out of there having to ask yep. somebody to help you with a thousand dollars. I just about to say, you, you definitely have to get sponsorship. Definitely. And again, the sponsorship is interesting because again, you only could really, you only really could have about five hundred people. Yeah. And and that's if your show is sold out. Out. That's another thing. Every seat is filled. Like that. Yeah. How much could you grow? Sponsorship. Don't believe in that. Sponsorship like thousands of people at the event yep. to maximize the sponsorship dollar. It's it's so much elements to this thing that like. You know, people don't know and people don't understand. They don't. And and that's why I said, I don't think the government believes in performing arts. Um, I, and I, I, I would love them to, to prove me wrong. I would love them <laughs> to, I would love them, I would love to see actual breaking ground on something. Like, give me, give me a plan. Like, like <laughs> this is so bad. Like, we have a stadium, man. We have two. We have a cricket stadium. We have a football stadium. Well, stadium, you call it that. Connected to the cricket stadium. But still, you have, you have two. A, a state-of-the-art venue that is built for those two sports. You have a state-of-the-art, at least um, globally appreciated, or whatever they call that, um, stadium right down the road from where I live. You have that with, with the Kim Collins Stadium. Like you have a professional track and field facility, yeah. right? You have that. Um, like, come on, man! Like, you're gonna build, you're gonna build more, you're gonna build more. They say, "Yeah, the community center. I could use the community centers." The community centers are not built for performing arts. <laughs> They're not built for performing arts. I agree. <laughs> the, the, the performing, the the, the the community centers are barely built to host events. Barely. They're like. The way they make them, I, I don't know why they make them. Like, I guess they just make them, like, just a, a big room with a lot of small rooms. I, I, like, I don't, it's not even a big room. It's just, oh, man. I, it's, it's not a performing arts facility. It's not built for dance. Yeah. It's not, it, they don't have any, um, like, backstage areas. They don't have any lights, nothing. It's just, it's not. It's definitely not for dance because we probably have the one community center that you, that have wood floor. Everything is concrete and tiles. And they, they always, even 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 when they have the plan to have wooden floors, they always back out last minute because they look at the cost and say, oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, okay, maybe we could. 
how much concrete gonna cost? Well, it's cheaper. Okay, let's put some concrete. Let's, uh, I could have some concrete, right? <laughs> and it's like, uh, or somebody's like, oh, well, you know, we, we originally built this facility to have a backstage area and, you know, front of stage, backstage, a, 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 cons- a consistent backstage for the front. How much I can cost? I cut that. We need that. We need that. We need that. Just cut that. Cut that part off. We could just make, make the venue bigger and just leave out the backstage area. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And you call it performing arts center. Like, here's your performing arts center. This is not, this is not that. This is not. Yeah. You know it's not. This is not good enough. But I'll keep my fingers crossed. I will. See if one of, that's one of the things that I'll be able to check off. But I will say, cut off the bridge. Like, the bridge, <laughs> stop. The bridge is like, you know, you know when somebody, they're peacocking, you know, like, look, we built a bridge from St. Kitts No, don't do that. That's a waste. I can't see it as anything more than a waste of taxpayers' dollars. Don't put my money to do that nonsense. It sounds good. It sounds amazing. Yeah. But just do some thought and you will see that it's probably not super duper amazing. Yeah, but that, you know, apart from that, they do have like some good stuff. What oh, I do. really like is the old road bed that they started fixing that. Because oh before my God, it's that, almost done. Steven, it's almost done. Steven, I was like, I would never live past, you know, anywhere before old road bed. Uh-huh. Like, I'm kind of fine with, but like, I'm, I was like terrified, terrified. <laughs> like, I don't know. Every time I would, I would pass there, yeah, I would just get like really, really scared. So I live, I'm like so, so happy. I live all road. I live all <laughs> road. Um, and I, I, I quickly just, I just, after a while, because you're going to, you're going to pass there almost every day, just like. I don't even think about it. Like it's almost like if I perish, I perish, kind of mentality. It's, uh, you know. <laughs> so I, one thing I'm happy that they started. Oh, they 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 almost that. done. That's the thing. They're almost done. Like we we, the the actual. I think they're moving on to the pave the paving of the actual road stage. That's what they're doing wow. now. It's it's wonderful. Like I can't wait to drive on it. Like I can't. People already walk on it. I don't know if they're supposed to, but people are already walking <laughs> on it. Um, and it's just, it, it was a it was a, a humongous undertaking and I'm, I'm happy that they finished it in such a quick time. I think it only took two Me years. It, it, so. was, it was, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome. I'll give them kudos. Like, oh man. I, did, props I think I have a lot of props. <clears throat> I have props for yeah, the current administration. I see they wanted to do, do you think if they do the modern public market that they said they want, do you think people would go? I remember as a child, like they said, they wanted like a public market again. I remember as a child, like going to the market, like with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that environment exists now, you know, for kids because most a lot of the vendors, you know, sell on the road mm-hmm. or you know have like, the trucks or, or take orders, like things like that. So how do you think that would play out, especially with you know packing being a problem in sinkers? They said they want to do a packing facility, which would be great because, you know, finding packing in town is, was a problem. It still is. Um, location, location, location. I think the, the, where the I don't know if they're going to build, if they're planning to build it on the current, on the one that exists now. I, I, I'm not sure. The one for, that we pay for $5? 
They pay for five dollars with me and you want me to pay for five dollars. <laughs> Which one you mean for? the packing down by Oh no, you mean you're I talking mean, about the, the market, packing or yeah, the packing? The market, the market itself. Oh, okay, okay. The, it, like if they wanna so do they it. plan to upgrade it. Yeah, they plan to upgrade it. But the thing is, it's unfortunate for me to say this. Um, people people appreciate convenience. And packing, as you said, packing is like one of the biggest, the biggest issues that the market face. Don't get me wrong, the market does have its time. Like on Saturday mornings, it's it's still pretty um populated. Like the last time I went was probably a few months before COVID. And that's only because <clears throat> there are people like popping up on this side of the street all over. So it's like I could get a lot of what I want without having to go to find packing at the market. Like there's this one guy, I'm not trying to give him free promo, but he, he, <laughs> he <laughs> I'm not trying to give him free promo, but I mean, if you ain't saying it's that you want to check him out, that's fine. He's, to me, he's a good guy. I, I like him. Um, and he sells um, over uh, Frigate Bear, like on Frigate Bear Road. Um, right opposite of where Sugars is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he he has like a pretty, you might have stock table. So like, that's really close to where I live. So I just go there. And there's this not other lady, right now she had to move because they're, they're paving over. They're, do, they're doing some, pave, some, some pavements, like some walkways, some sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing them up by where um, the, 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 the power station is up Canada State area. So they, they're paving all of that. So she had to move from there for them to do that paving. But she, sometimes I go to her too. Um, so it's just becoming more convenient. And as you said, there are guys who like deliver. So is it worth it? If they could find out how to make the packing easier, I guess I, I feel I'm on the fence. Because again, to put in millions and millions of dollars to fix something, and nobody really goes, nobody's going to go there. Uh, it's, it's, it's like the, 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 the technology is trending away from it. Feels like a waste. But at the same time, I mean, if you're going to go into food security, um, to have a common place where you could get all these goods is, is a good thing. It's good, still yeah. convenient. As long as you could make it convenient. Like, I would go to, if, if, there, are two, if there are two like outlets for the same place, and there's one that offers packing, like you know where I'm gonna go. Yeah. Even if the other one is like in the heart of town. Like, I'm not yeah. gonna go to the heart of town. If I could stay out of the heart of town, I'll be honest, I'll just <laughs> do that. Because it's just it's so much like it's a hassle. Like to find packing something, you have to pack really far, like away. Like, and when I say really far, really far is rel- relative because you in you you're, you're in the States and really far is blocks and blocks. <laughs> you could be walking for 45 minutes. I've done I've done that in New York and it was one of the most interesting things because you're walking and everything feels like the same. Like you're walking this block and it feels like you've walked this block at least three times. Yeah. Um but but still in saying it's like it's relative. Like if I have to walk for like ten minutes, like ten, fifteen minutes, that feels like that feels like a long walk. That's that feels significant to me, right? And it feels inconvenient. So again, if they could fix the parking problem, and I don't know if they put it in the same location, I have no idea how they are going to do that. Like, how do you fix a parking? They, like, all around the market is real estate. I don't, I don't know. The only thing, maybe they go up. I mean, they they put, you know, the Chinese opposite the K 
KFC have like a hotel and what's not, which I didn't think was a good idea, but you know. I still don't think uh, it's a good idea, but <laughs> so maybe they might do something like that. You know, the packing where you pay five dollars now, maybe they might go up and do, you know, one of those packing complex thing. Maybe they might do something like that. But then it's just weird. Like it's weird. Is it that they're gonna build on the water? <laughs> like, like right opposite the market is just is is a road and it's literally the bay. <laughs> no, I mean like um, behind. You know, opposite KFC is the Chinese um, yeah. mm-hmm. hotel thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have like the $5 packing thing. Behind you? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to put it. But you see, that's the thing. And even that, even that walk, again, it's relative. But to pack there and walk over to the market, people would just rather go Rams. It's sad, but it's true. <laughs> like no, like I wouldn't. I if I'm if I'm going to the market, this this is what I would do. I would go early early on a Saturday. I would go, um, just go early and try to see if I could find a parking on this side. Like the market has a street right next to it. It's Market mm-hmm. Street, Smack Street or College Street. <laughs> I'm thinking of West. Is it that Westbourne? Westbourne Gut. Gut? Yeah, Westbourne Gut. I would probably park there and try to see if I, like. Anywhere close to there and go to the market. If I have to go to the market. I'm not going to park in the parking lot over by KFC to walk to the market. Because yeah. then I'm going to have bags that I have to carry back to the, 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 the... So you see, it becomes just like... It's just inconvenient. And then if you if you shop at... If you go to Rams, I think, like you get free parking in the parking lot. The $5 parking lot, they waive yeah. your fee if you have a, 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 a receipt. From from Rams across. Oh the really? Yeah. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, if you if you shop this, so which is an incentive. I think they own that place, but still, it, it's an incentive for you to just shop there. So it, it just outweighs it. So they have to fix the parking problem. Or it's, it's just a waste of money. Nobody's gonna go there. All the supermarkets, like the one thing that I admire Value Mart for, is that the parking lot is adequate. Like somebody had some serious foresight to say, listen. All of this real estate that we have here, we're not going to build on it. We're going to just build. We're going to just make a parking lot. Yeah. And it's convenient. It's like the most, like, they get a lot of traffic because yeah, of that. When I was home, that's that's the only place I packed because I couldn't find any parking anywhere. Exactly. And in the heart of town, it's just difficult to impossible. Like, yeah. And, and because of how Fort Street is now, it's very difficult to park. Like they have like restrictions. They have thirty minutes or so, and nobody yeah, gonna risk yeah, yeah. nobody gonna risk Rose catching them there because she ain't killed. <laughs> like if she see you twice, you gain a ticket, even if it's ten minutes between. And it's difficult because there's no parking meters. It's difficult to contest it. Uh, yeah. Because it's your. So word. how how does it work? So they just write down your number. Yeah, they just they just walk around. And they worked on your number, and I guess worked on your... I don't even know. I think that's what they do, but I'm not so sure if that's what they do. Because mm. there's no proof. Like, I, I, I don't think they take pictures of every car and timestamp it, and then take a picture again. I, I, I don't... It's not that. So it's really your word against theirs, and like... Man, if you don't want to bring on a lawyer for a, a hundred... Dollar ticket. $100. It just doesn't feel like it's worth your time in court. So it just, most of the time, people just pay the ticket and just try not to pack you. 
<laughs> just trying their best not to pack on Foot Street. But what else? What when else is think, it? What do you think about the unemployment income benefits? Um, unemployment income benefits. Where did I see that? It's in it's in Team Unity on. Team like Unity. I said, like I, I started to delve in delve into this since that, you know, as, as they're gonna GFM. be farming the government now, instead of, you know, looking at both. In in depth, but. Mm -hmm. They were talking. So my thing was just like, if there's a period and if they're going to help them, like, actively look for work during that time. Because, like, okay, you know, like how in the States, like for example, right now they have, like, COVID. So people are unemployed mm -hmm. and they have unemployment benefits. benefits mm -hmm. real. So they seem like they want to do something like that. But I'm curious to know, like, what are, like, you know the restrictions are, is there a time period or if anything going to be in place to help them to actively look what look work? That's the thing right now. I, I, I don't know if you're talking about the, um, the STEM system that they have, which is, which is step, step, not STEM, step. I think it's step. No, it's, it's something else about, I, I saw something about them um, with some unemployment thing. I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I remember seeing that. I have it in front of me, but it's a lot of reading. Um, yeah, it is. It is a lot. You know, I didn't know like manifestos were so long, to be honest. And they never used to be so head, long. I was like, do people actually read these things about what they say that they are going to do? Because this is a lot. It, it's it's a lot. They, I mean, Team Unity, they have a manifesto highlight section. Um but it's a lot. And the thing is, I think the manifestos have actually gotten longer. Um, the, the last time around, um, I didn't remember seeing this much stuff. And they had it more, it was more concise. Each of them, I think, Labour's manifesto was 70 pages long. And Unity's was, I think it was 75 or 77. Or, I might get these numbers mixed up, but it was definitely between 60 and, and, and 80 pages. Like... It's just long, and there's a lot of messaging, and there's a lot of expounding, but yet not, not a lot of answers to what it is, how they would actually do what it is they said they would do. Yeah. There's never, like, a like guideline. Like the ban on plastics. Yeah, the ban on plastic. That, that, is, that is a serious, and I, I would love that. I would love for that to Me be too, the case. Me too, but because I want I have, to know, what, okay, what are we going to do with the plastics then? Because, well, you know, we're still importing a lot of stuff, and they're coming in plastics. That's the thing. I think they're talking about single-use plastics, which is the, the plastic bags. Um, oh. I don't think I don't. They won't. They won't be able to ban plastics totally, but they could definitely crank down on plastic bags. And I'll tell you, I have a serious problem with plastic bags. Um, and and I say I have a serious problem. I could like I've bought like a few reusable bags, but I just forget them. This is probably something I could do personally to be a better human being, but. <laughs> Every time I go to the grocery store, I get like, even for the simplest things, they chuck it in a plastic bag. I get double plastic yeah. bags for almost every good I buy. So underneath my sink, it's just a lot of plastic bags. And I'm just thinking like, can't I just give back the, the, the like, we can't just <laughs> the give. plastic bags? <laughs> yeah, like, because I have too much. Like at one point I was, I, there was this restaurant I used to go to and we can't, we're talking casually and I was like, I know, give me a plastic bag. I got too much of them home, right? And he was like, you got a lot of plastic bags home? And I was like, yeah. 
He said, bring them for me, no man. And I, I just used to kind of like, you know, <laughs> like chop them on him. <laughs> but since COVID, like I couldn't, so like I've built back up the same reserve I had when I spoke to him and complained the first time about these plastic bags. <laughs> it's just, wow. it's just like, again, it's my fault. I should do a better job at it. But we just gotta get rid of you. These single, these single use plastic bags, man. Like it's just, these can't be good for the environment, yeah. man. Like, I've been really, really trained. I mean, maybe it's easier here, for example, like when I buy food here, I would try and if I'm not ordering, I would tell them it's fine, keep the plastics. So even if I go to work, I have a, I walk with my fork and spoon and knife and my straw and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, good. That's actually good. So I really, even if I'm buying food, if I know I'm going back to like work or something, I would tell them, you know, it's fine, like, keep the fork off whatever my only problem because i was really trying to practice it is disposing of garbage so i did have like find myself having to like buy plastic bag to dispose of my garbage because what do you do if you're trying to you know limit your use of garbage how how do you dispose of it without plastic that's a very good question. Um, usually, the, the only way is to just dump this stuff in the bins without plastics. Um, but then the, the receptacle itself, you would have to do a lot of cleaning for that. Yep. Um, the thing is, the government has our government has in, has, has introduced like these smart bins. And yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty large. Like they're they're, they're good size um, bins. I don't know if that means that you don't have to put. Your stuff in plastic, like you could just put it in one bin and then throw it over into another bin. I, I don't know if that's what it means to just minimize because I still use plastic bags for that purpose. It's just that I don't buy plastic bags today because I have this yeah. surplus, this ridiculous surplus of, of, of plastic bags. So, like, I just use those smaller plastic bags instead of garbage bags. And again, I live by myself, it's just kind of easy to get where we're doing that. Um, but I, I don't know, I, I that that's a good question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what. The thing is, the world, do, the world in the world in general has like a serious problem with our waste. We have a serious, like, as a global level, we have a serious, like, waste problem. Um, there are multiple floating islands of plastic in the in the Pacific. I think in the Atlantic, there are multiple. It's really sad. It's <laughs> really bad because the the one in the one the biggest one I think floating in. Um, in the Pacific is bigger than Texas, which is alarming. It, like That's crazy. And the funny thing is I only eat fish. Mm-hmm. So that's directly would affect the food I eat. Because <laughs> they're affecting the marine life. <laughs> it is. And we're ingesting plastics now. Like it's not even a case of, oh, we're just trying this plastic bag and whatever happens to those people happens to those people. No, we are now re-ingesting fragments of the same plastic that we put into the environment. Like every day yeah. it's about a pellet on average, a pellet of plastic in your stomach. Like every day. That is like it's it's just crazy. It's crazy. Like we we train we think that we're separate from the environment, but we're not. We're not at all. These bypass roads here got me <laughs> got me flipping. <laughs> I'm sorry, like I just I'm re- I'm looking at it and I'm like that that just reached out to me to like bypass road in Sandy Point, Kayana Lodge. 
I saw it and I heard them say they want to, you know, put some bypass here and there. I don't know. I, I, I can't really speak too much on it, seeing that I don't drive around the island too much because, as I said, like, I really fear all roads. So, like, anything past all road, like, <laughs> kind of skeptical. <laughs> kind of skeptical. Um, I, I, me, me, my only, my only, men, my only thing to say about it is I appreciate the bypass road in town. Um, the bypass road. I, I use that road. If I'm going to the country, they, they, there's not even a question mark. I'm gonna take the bypass. It's just much faster to get out of town from using the bypass road. Just. It's just way faster. It's not shorter, but it's faster because you don't have yeah. the amount of traffic and the amount traffic. of stops and stuff. Um, in Sandy Point, a bypass road in Sandy Point. Oh, boy. That sounds like, sound like an incredible undertaking. Um, I don't... I don't, I don't where would they put it? Where would it... I kept... I, 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 when I talked to Miguel about this, the same thing. She's, she's like, but where you put... And I was like, I was thinking the easiest way for me to think about like the easiest route I could think to put a bypass is along a railway but they said they want to make use of the current railway to do what they said transport people that is ridiculous that's what I that's what I saw that, that is that is that is a, a null that is ridiculous there's no that is ridiculous like the railway is who do you have you ever gone on the scenic railway I think maybe three times. Twice, I think, with a camp. Mm-hmm. And once when we had visitors, like family visiting. How long did it take you to f- complete that, that, that journey? Honestly, I can't remember. The scenic railway takes about three to four hours to get from, um, from Connery to, I think it's St. Paul's or Newton Ground, Newton Ground. I was just about to say I feel like it, it was like half a day. It wasn't like it was like, long. You know, the seat. But I don't know if it's because like it was just like going slow. slow but down. maybe it would be like an express thing. Like if you're going from maybe they do like an express thing from Bastia to like Sandy Point. No stops. The thing is, again, I think personally, my 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 thoughts are if you could find a way to do it that's efficient. And that is fiscally responsible. Then I say go for it. Like I, 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 I personally, I think like these developments are great once they make fiscal sense, because everything has. It's almost like you have to adjust everything. And my mind, this is how my mind works. Things have to make dollars and cents, and cents and dollars, right? Yeah. Yes, um, having a transport system from Bastia to, to Sandy Point, or from Bastia to even St. Paul's. For, it, it, anyway, you having a transport system that's non-stop, it can't really be non-stop. You know what I mean? It, it has to stop. Yeah. But to have not to go on the bus route sounds awesome. Like, it sounds, a transit, it sounds awesome. It sounds great. But the two questions I have is one, with this use of transport, are you going to eliminate all of the bus jobs that the investments that busmen have made in buses and transportation and so on? Because we have a pretty, like, serious transportation system in sync. It's like there are bus stops that have routes, and many buses service those routes regularly, 
You know what I mean? So like if you create a train, a, a railway, um, are you going to then start cutting out these these busmen's jobs? Because it's it's a, again it's a considerable part of the population that engage in this in this business. Um the second thing is how much will the will that railway be able to pay for itself or is it a social endeavor? Like is it that it's something to make money or is yeah. it that it's just offering a social good? Because like everything doesn't make money. You're gonna have to maintain it. You're gonna have to maintain it. It's no. It's not just like putting down a road and people use the road. It's putting down, maintaining a railway system and actually having like um, mechanical, like engines and so on functioning and using this route, which need maintenance, which need gas and all of that. It's like it's like you're gonna be pouring it again. I'm not saying that everything has to have that financial kickback. But it's sometimes yeah. best to think about how you're going to maintain this. Is it just that we're going to just be charging higher taxes for this? Because it has to be maintained. Like somebody has to pay the bill. Usually it's the public, but somebody has to pay for it, right? Um, yeah. And I understand like, like the other day I, I watched this video and they were talking about, um, they're talking about street lamps. And if we had to live in, in, in a, a completely com- um, capitalistic, a capitalist uh community nobody would ever buy street lamps because you cannot charge you can't charge for street lamps and it's like if i buy the street lamps then everybody's going to be using that means i'm being a social that's a social thing yeah yet if you don't buy street lamps then you're probably going to have more accidents so you kind of see why the government would say like we need we need to maintain street lamps because it's only going to be for the benefit of the entire community, but it's not going to make us any money. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then a street lamp is much cheaper than a railway and a yeah. bridge to, to need us. <laughs> so <laughs> at least at least they're gonna be doing a boardwalk. We might not see any direct funds from it, but maybe it might entice people to come back or tell their friends. Cause I mean, like I heard Mr. Powell talking about, you know, and I think I see it in the Manifesto. Manifesto mm-hmm. about the boardwalk, which is really, really good because it is the first place that tourists see and it definitely needs some uplifting. I think the boardwalk so. is only a good idea if they renovate all of that beachfront area that we have there. Because when I say I be- agree. when I say beachfront, I don't mean beachfront. We call it the beachfront. Yeah, the- I know what you mean. <laughs> The Kittishan skyline when you come in, like Nevis does such a good job of this, right? Yes. <laughs> like, they yes. Do, they do such so beautiful. It's beautiful. They do <laughs> such a good job of it. And I think I think by all means, I think that the current administration is trying. Like the, the renovation of the the bus stop, the bus terminal, the main bus terminal down on the, the ferry terminal there. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. It might not be, yeah. it might not be like fiscal, they, they might not have a lot of fiscal returns, but it does elevate the space a lot. Like yeah, it, it does. It makes it the does. space feel more sophisticated, right? Which, it, yeah. it has its own value. But then the rest of the beachfront, like, just like, <laughs> some of them houses, man, like, like some of them properties, yeah. nobody lives there, man. Like, it's boarded up. It looks like the ghetto. I am so sorry to say, but some of them places, they got, they, they need, they need, I don't know if demolishing, well, 
but they need definitely. He did renovation. speak about um that would be part of two, right? He did speak about like a lot of the abandoned buildings that need, you know, maybe they should take it back. Uh, because not only there, but also like in Greenlands where I used to live, mm-hmm. a lot of abandoned houses as well there, like just like one down. Like but he said, of course there's some some of them like have a lot of like complexities when it comes with the law in terms of like people still own them, they yeah. might live away, you can't find them. So different things like that. But I feel like maybe sh- yeah, they should probably really, really delve into that. But it need addressing like it does. <laughs> Or like maybe you might have to introduce, and sometimes people only um, feel with their pocketbooks. You might I introduce a tax or something like if you're going to keep this building this way, we're gonna have to charge you, or or we could offer some kind of incentive for you to maintain um, ownership of the building to some right. But we have to like maybe own part of it and we develop it, but it looks bad. Yeah. Like it looks, it looks yeah. bad, and something has to be done. It just it it gives the wrong image. Like we have, <laughs> we have tourists, and thank God the tourists. I think that's why they created Port Zante so that when the tourists come in on the cruise ships, that the first thing they see is not necessarily that. Yeah. Like that just look. It looks bad. The skyline. It just it just looks bad. So they need to develop that for sure. One hundred percent. Um. But yeah, um, I want to talk about one Hopefully other that get addressed. Yeah, it hopefully it does. And then the boardwalk coming on will just add to it. And just say, yeah, we got boardwalk. Look at this nice <laughs> boardwalk here, boy. Yeah, unity, boy. Yeah. I think one, one other thing I want to talk about is, um, you wasn't here for it, but you might have heard a lot about it. I think we need um, a, a lot of electoral reform. Um yeah, I've been hearing about it, not from just the youths, from boat parties. I've just been hearing about it on all the radio stations, like people calling in, you know. It's, it's a lot need to be done it's, it's okay. <laughs> when it comes to it. A lot, lot need to be done. It's okay. A lot need to be done. And like your previous guest said, Patrice, I would love to see proportional representation. That would be like That would be awesome. But the only, the only thing is when sometimes when you have a party, these people have maybe underlying values or whatever. Mm. So there may be some sort of like conflict indecision if everybody not on the same page. But I think that would be good if everybody running as themselves and not as a party. Yeah, that's the thing too. It, like proportional, that, that kind of representation, it works best if, if every, like nobody has allegiances. But, but human beings are interesting because no matter if you don't declare your allegiance, you still have like, you're still honoring some form of allegiance. You still have some thing that you're attached to that you don't want to let go. Um, yeah, I think, and I also think there could be laws, there could be laws introduced that would sort of force the hand, or uh, not necessarily need for one person to stop the train from happening. For example, um, if you are like say, okay, so we have proportional, like, we have that kind of representation right now as it stands. Um, Unity has nine um, representatives. Uh, and and the mm-hmm. Labour Party has two. They have two elected representatives, right? Yeah. If you have a situation where there's a law that prohibits 
you from not developing a certain space. Like, say, you have to allocate a certain amount of funds to every constituency as a baseline. Like, it has, like, you have to allocate a certain percentage of the funds to this constituency, right? Now, if you have to do that, and you have to do some amount of building in that constituency, then even if you don't particular, if you want to spite, you can't, it's much more difficult for you to spite that specific constituency. Yeah. Because then, like, you would have, okay, for example, say, so, so Douglas, <laughs> I hate to call him that, said the right honorable um, Denzel <laughs> Douglas is in parliament and he's fighting for something to be done in his constituency. Like, and they said, like, no, we're not going to do that. Yes, there, there's, there, of course, there's diplomacy and there's the, the vote, they are to the vote, and so I can't get that kind of vote. But if there's a certain amount of funds allocated, then they have to do something for that constituency. It might be indicated, it might not be what, the, what Denzel Douglas wants, but it has to be something. And then, of course, he would, have the, he would have the ability to say, listen, I have these amount of names who have petitioned for this to be done with the, with the funds allocated to this constituency. It might not be that you necessarily agree, but the voice of the people says that this, 10, this $13 million or this $30 million should be allocated to what these, this constituency wants. And this is what they want. For this to I be done. Because as Patrick said before, like sometimes different constituency gets split because, mm -hmm. you know, the representative that they might have wanted to be in power, the whole party is not like elected. Yeah. So, Nothing you know, they might not push as much development in that constituency. Exactly. And even like when it comes to reform, if you're talking about that, Constituency number eight is really, really big. And for some reason, I feel like Kayan, Connery, and Monkey, even though like they're close and his members are close enough. Hill, if, if ain't close enough, it feels so disjointed. It, it does. It does. And meanwhile, we have like constituencies like Central, which is one, not necessarily, well, two to a degree, two, and three being particularly small in comparison. Seven is yep. large in comparison to one. Like, one is tiny. I think one is like a thousand. I'll, I'll make sure and bring up my notes because I don't want to say anything that's not 100% <laughs> accurate here because at the end of the day, people listen to Sean and people have their notes and these, these things, these things that you could easily look up. So you have like constituency number one has 6,000. Constituency number th three has 4,000, right? Constituency number two, I think, is the small one. No, constituency of 5,000. And constituency number six has 3,000. And constituency number eight has almost 7,000 people. They need to break these it's up. too big. Constituency it's number too, seven has 3,700. So it's like you have this constituency number five has 3,000. Constituency and I feel like the representatives like, at a disadvantage because, like, if you look at it, if you look at these elections, um, Drew is mm -hmm. resonate more with the, the, Monkey, the Monkey Hill, Hill. area, mm -hmm. and then you have Hamilton resonate with the Monkey Hill area. Mm -hmm. It just feels weird. <laughs> it feels wrong because then you you can't expect like if he if he's represented if his base. And this is always the base. If his base is in Kayan, then if a decision comes up that would benefit Monkey Hill and not benefit Kayan, what do you think mm -hmm. his bias is going to be toward? It's exactly. always going to be toward his base. And it's unfair. 
Kayon is not close. Kayon is not close enough to, to Monkey Hill for them to share the same representation. And, and, and I don't think, as you say, it's not fair. Kayon has more people than Monkey Hill. And not by even a yeah. small amount, right? Kayon just has more people than Monkey Hill. <laughs> Right, um, and the Connery community again is is another community in and of itself. Keys has its own community, and again, it's just it's an, it's just an imbalance. Like it, and electoral reform yeah. in that state, it just needs to happen. Nevis, I think, has the biggest discrepancy that I've seen. Like Nevis, Nevis has like the the smallest constituency. In Nevis is number ten. They have seventeen hundred and seventy four. Um, Total voters, right? Registered voters, and then you you sweep across to constituency number um, number nine. They have six thousand three hundred and ninety seven voters. What? So like you have a discrepancy. Like like constituency number nine has four thousand over four thousand more constituents than constituency number ten. How? And then 11 yeah, has like, 4,000. So you have like a 2,000 um, voter difference between each one. One has like less than two, then one has four, and then one has 6,003 something. Like, no, that's not adequate representation for what this is. Like, you can't use landmass to draw your boundaries. You gotta use, pe- it's the amount of people. And again, these boundaries have been in place oversight. for a long time. Huh? We, need some, we need some independent. The boundaries Oversight. need to be changed, but the problem is that, you know, at this point, there's always the risk of gerrymandering. You know, you, like you're drying up the boundaries to aid in your political campaign. And and again... It, That's why I said we need independent, some independent oversight, oversight happening. Because when, when you have one party, because every election we hear a boundary start coming up. Just before. Just before, every time that there's an elections, they're talking about boundaries and somebody trying to change and appeal and this and that. And it's just like, I just feel like it's craziness. <laughs> if, something's need, if something needs to be addressed and this is one, then it just needs to be addressed and get it over with. Why, why the constant change of things are trying to implement things last minute? It's true. Just do it early up. I, I, that's why I think too. Just... Get get an independent organization to come draft up a, a, a recommendation and then we just we vote on it. Like but you see yeah. that's the thing is nobody wants to give up the leverage. Like unity, unity and labor share this one this one thing. And I say unity, but really and truly unity made up of three different parties. But <laughs> like everybody doesn't want to yield their political advantage. The incumbent is always at a political advantage to the opposition. Always. It's always been that way. And it doesn't seem like anybody really wants to change that, even if it's the right thing to do. Like, how the system works now works in the benefit of whoever has is in power and whoever is the incumbent. It just works well toward them. They could make certain decisions that would definitely throw off the opposition. They could make certain decisions or not make certain decisions to adequately strategize their plan for winning this current, this election. You know what I mean? And giving up that is difficult. Like if they had to make all of these constituencies around 5,000 people, that would upset 
that would definitely throw off. Because if you, if you think of it, if if Drew, if if Drew's constituency was was married with say like constituency number two, right? Which kind of makes sense because then he would bring it up to more like five thousand people, right? Then the strategy changes, and then you have like representation being extended from one point to the next. Like, will John L. R. Marcella even appeal to those people? I was just about to say, I feel like it's going to still be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Imagine Matt Knight all the way up to Monkey Hill. I mean, again, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not looking necessarily at the amount of space because constituency number three is, is large too. Constituency, and because, when I say large, large in, in relativity, because it goes from West Bastia all the way down to Boyd's, right? So yeah, like... We only think about the village. We only think about the village, but it's, it's really <laughs> Boyd's and the culture and the, 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 the um, <laughs> how can I put it? The feelings and the things that appeal to people in Boyd's don't appeal to people in West Bastia. Like, they don't appeal yeah. directly to, like, Buckley's. Like, the, 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 the atmosphere in Buckley's and the atmosphere in Boyd's is two completely different ones. And I could yeah. even campaign to say that if you had to cut off the limit, if you had to cut the limit at, at Mattingly, Congress would have won his seat. Because Akila appeals, she appealed to the boys, the, the, the West Farm boys contingent more and than she did in actual Bastille, like before Mattingly. Like, Congress would have won. Like, I was, I was tallying, like, it literally was like 50, like it was 50, I think it was like a 50 vote difference or something, don't quote me, but I think it was a 50 vote difference before they tallied the last two boxes in Boyd's. Which is Branty Welch. Before they did that, Congress was winning. But it's just that in Boyd's, Akila appealed to them more because the culture is just different. It's just a different, they feel differently. And they overwhelmingly vote for Akila, which put her in the lead. You see, so it's like, again, it's just, it's just you gotta look at this, it needs reform. And, and when I say it needs reform, it's not just about the boundaries that needs reform, the whole process is ridiculous. And, and, Lord, I'm not gonna make some people vex, but the process <laughs> is ridiculous. Nobody should have to stand up in a line for five hours to vote in a country of thirty-five to forty thousand people. That is insane. And I, I was up. I literally stayed up until three, thinking that we're gonna get all the results in by three, and not I fell all. asleep. And I was like. All up until five, I was like, what happened? People forget how to count? Like, what's going on? And, you know, all these recounts and this and that. Like Drama, drama, drama. They started so many polls late. Ridiculous. They started so many polls. Some of the polling stations were open late, like an hour late or one. I've, I've heard an hour and a half late, right? So then they extended, I think they extended the period of voting a little bit. So to compensate for the lateness, which threw off the whole count, because even the coverage was supposed to start at eight o'clock in the night, it didn't end up starting until after nine. So like, like no, this is the, we 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 are doing this, and I'm I know people are gonna agree, but we're doing this wrong. In 2020, yeah. In 2020, like, and 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 I said I said to my family, I said before I die, <laughs> I have to see this change, like. <laughs> like this devoting process yes, even. <laughs> it has to change i'm not saying i'm running for anything i'm just saying like 
We got you don't has, have to run to make change. to make change exactly, and it has to change. Nobody's like if you if you want to stand up in a line in the hot sun and get your finger dipped with ink, if that's what your personal thing like, that's like oh my god, I love that. Then I think okay, fine, we'll make provisions for you, but we won't need as much polling stations because we need to start using the technology. It's not. It's not. I was just about to say, you know, um, the Saint is Labour Party. I heard. Mr. Drew, Dr. Drew talking about implementing the a portal for the healthcare system, mm -hmm. which I thought was amazing because, you know, that's what they use in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, you know, nice and efficient, like when you're going to like different doctors, like, you know, for different things that they have a record of everything having versus having to like maybe try and reach a previous doctor. Everything is just like basically there on the portal. And if, but my thing was security. I think it's ad advanced enough with technology to keep this secure. What if somebody have a STD or STD? Let's go, mm -hmm. you know, on the deep end. Let's say something like that. If that get leaked, what happens? Like, I don't feel like we have to implement more or invest more in the technology and educational system to really, like, fix this problem. You know, it's funny. It, like, I, I listen to you and I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, security is of utmost importance, but there is technology already available for such things. We have end-to-end -end encryption <laughs> with something like WhatsApp. Um, and we also have blockchain, which is a complete... But that's not run by us. No, no, that's but the, it's, it's true. That's true. Us. Good point. Good point. Good point. Solid. But at least the technology <laughs> is the technology is available. It doesn't have to be owned by us for us to utilize it. Blockchain is not like a trademark thing. Using a blockchain, you could the infrastructure is there already. It's just a matter of just you just you could purchase it if you want. You could get some a desire to just bring blockchain onto into the process. The one thing I, I'm going to I'm going to sing Labour's praises for just a second. They created the national ID card, right? Mm -hmm. And and this was in this was before the last election, right? The national ID yeah. card has on a few interesting features. One, it has on uh, a QR code on the back, right? Which is great. Mm -hmm. And I'm 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 yeah. hoping that it's not just there for sure, and it's an actual QR code with an actual individualized identity on it. You check what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> And it's not just the of like, uh, let's just make it look For sure. spacious, like, sp <laughs> like spacey and futuristic. I'm hoping it has some purpose. Um, it also had a, he also has a, a national idea registration number and all that, right? And your information, uh, whatever, right? Why are we not using these cards? Because you have to show the card. The only thing, you don't even have to show the card. The card is basically a little bit useless, and the reason I say that is because in order for you to vote, you do not have to show them the national ID card. You could show them any form of ID. It could be your driver's license. It could be you, um, your passport or whatever. It's your social security card. It's just You don't need a national ID card to vote, right? Which I think is kind yeah. of pointless that we did all of this. We buy all these machines and get this card processed and made. And it's people's jobs to actually be at the electoral office. One of them is to do this. And it's just like, we don't really need it. Maybe it's just kind of like an a ID. It's kind of like, like an ID. You know, like up here, up mm -hmm. here, like 
before I got like my driver's license, I just had a ID, a, a state ID. Mm. <laughs> it's just it's just a, a ID. If I guess like if you don't have an ID for people who don't have passport, for people who don't have um driver's license, you have something. Yeah, you have something to show. Because I mean, before I started working, I didn't have like a social security card either. What about those guys who may not have the traditional job? Oh, because some people who may not be doing, you know, maybe mechanics or whatever. What if they're not paying social security? So sure. that means they don't have an ID? Good point. They Good are, point. you know, so I think it's just like a, a form of identification. identification for some people who don't, may not have like these other things. And that's what I think. Like, I think it's great. And I, I like that point. That's a very good point. Because I didn't even think that some people don't have a driver's license, don't have a, a valid <laughs> a valid um, passport, and don't have a, 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 a social security card. Okay. I think we should take the national idea and move it to the next level. I think we need to get to a point where we could vote using that card. Using just that card. Not standing up in a line or anything like that, but using the technology to create a system where we could have voting that you could only do once, of course, because then you just ruin the whole point, that is secure and anonymous. Of course, that has mm -hmm. to be hard because you don't want people to victimize you for who you vote for. And that has to be very mm -hmm. convenient. Those three things, it has, to be, it has to be that it's secure enough that you could only use it, you could only vote once, and that you could verify who is actually voting that you can't share what, who the person, so the, the vote is not linked to the actual individual. Um, yeah. And three, that it is convenient and you don't have to stand up in a line to do it. This has to be accomplished. It has to be done. It's not, it's like, it's like my mandate. No, this has to be made <laughs> into reality because the opposite way is dumb. I stood up in a line for three and a half hours. Nikki, I stood up in a line for three and a half hours and the, the entire time I could see the first man. I could see yes. the person and I still stood up in line for three and a half hours. Everybody views this is ridiculous to dip my hand in some ink and put a little X on a piece of paper. No, this is dumb. Yeah, one of my friends told me like her, her mom like couldn't wait anymore and left just like and i understand <laughs> like i was hungry i was irritable <laughs> like i felt like to not even vote anymore like i got to this space it literally took me a minute to a minute and a half to get this entire to get my part of this thing done a minute to a minute and a half like if the old people want to go and do this because that's like the right then we would need less mm -hmm. polling stations if we open up the technological, use the technology so that we could make this thing convenient. I don't care for standing up in a line for three hours and I don't think much people care for standing up in a line for five hours. There are people in town standing up from six o'clock in the morning until minutes to 12 to vote. That's crazy. My, my question is though, because I heard like the lines were short in the afternoon. Yeah, they were. So is it because everybody was just trying to get in the votes in the morning? Or yes. was it actually like some sort of process? Because my thing, everybody going six o'clock in the morning, that means they're going to be some really, really long, right? So people should be expected to wait. But versus in the afternoon, some people was like, oh, there was in and out in like 15 minutes. In five minutes, yeah. It, it's just, it's that, and the thing is, is what the government encouraged us to do. That's what, the, that's what they encourage us to do. Go out early, vote early. 
You see yeah. what I'm saying? So like, I, don't, I, I mean, you have until six o'clock to vote. You so do. If everybody rushing to vote six o'clock in the morning. I didn't go for six o'clock. Like, I went for like eight. I went at eight thirty, and I got out at like eleven fifteen. No, I went. Sorry, I went for seven thirty, and I got out at like eleven fifteen. And when I got there, I thought the line was. I I looked at the line, and it was it was particularly short. It looked short to me. To me, it didn't look. I mean, it wasn't like it was like. I'll say. I think it was about maybe sixty to seventy people in front of me. But I didn't feel like that would have taken more than an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, I guess you might not feel maybe because after you already stand up in the shopping COVID line too. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Like the COVID line was moving much faster than this line. This line was like molasses, like frozen molasses. But that has to change. We have to use the technology, man. Like if 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 people want to stand up in a line, yes, allow polling. I, I don't think you should completely get rid of polling stations. Allow polling stations to happen because some people are not going to be comfortable with the technology. Some people are going to be comfortable putting the X with the pencil on a piece of paper and dipping the hand in ink. I am not one of those yeah. persons and I'm guaranteeing you that I am not alone. Like there are a lot of us was, who do not care yeah. for it. I don't care for putting ink on my finger. I just want my vote to go in. <laughs> That's all. However, that is done is the most efficient. It, if it could be, if, if I could be home and have my phone in my hand, turn on a video so that they could verify my face and maybe put it around my head so they could make a three D view of my face and they could see who's doing it. Live, whatever, doesn't matter. I put in a registration code. I scanned um, the back of my card, my regist- me, me, me national ID card, which means the national ID card is important. Scan the national ID card. Then they send me to a portal, bam, bam, bam. I, make, I literally can't spoil my ballot because there's only one, <laughs> there's only one click I could make. Make the click. Click verify, bam, it goes into this blockchain. Nobody know who does it or where it came from. It just goes to the blockchain. It tallies it immediately, immediately, so that we don't have this long waiting. There's no recount. There's nothing. The, the computer just does it. It tallies in real time. Bam, 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 it's done. Elections could be done by 1 o'clock in the afternoon for all those who want to poll, to go to the polls and stand up in the line. They do that. All the Spanish people who maybe can't, read what's going on they go to the if they want to that's fine but for the majority of us we have the option of just and i guarantee and you know i guarantee you we would have more than 60 percent people voting if it's that easy yeah i i agree some people just don't didn't want the long lines and i mean did you see how much rejected and spoiled ballots there were especially in consistency number one like what, what is happened going here? on? I don't. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I wish I had the answer, but I. I actually don't have the answer. I. I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know. I was listening to a a panel discussion with um, Val Henry. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know him. I know Val Henry well. So I was lis- I was listening to a discussion with he had with um. I think I think he's a political scientist. He is from Barbados discussing the elections. Mm-hmm. And they was talking about all the rejection and spoiled ballots that we had, which, you know, increased tremendously yeah. from, you know, previous elections. elections. And mm-hmm. they were saying that they think is an all-time thing in terms of, like, the spoiled and rejected thing. If, if you know, if you can see 
the voters intention you should just give the you know the politician or the, the representative the vote. the vote yeah because they have this this weird rule that if like if the if the if the, you touch, if the, you touch line. the line which are find to be ridiculous um if you can't make out like if you can't make out the symbol which yeah. that is a hearsay that's not the actual rule but these are things that i've heard and i'm like yeah. but to me that's dumb like if even if my map touched the line who cares like who yeah. cares like if you could generally see me mark is existing with like in that space that means i vote for that candidate it it should ma- yeah. like in order for me to spoil me vote i should have to do a lot like i should have to like mark up the ballot or like put a big x in the entire thing you know what i mean I'll like put two x i put two both. x in both <laughs> you know i should have to do something i should have to do something extremely aggressive to make sure my vote is 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 rejected because it's not spoiled ballots is different like i i learned something <laughs> um the spoiled ballots from what i was made to understand the spoiled ballots are when you make a mistake and they rip up your ballot so they would get rid of your ballot so your ballot doesn't go into the box it, they, they rip that up mm. and then that's a spoiled ballot that doesn't goes that doesn't go toward the count but it has to be accounted for because they have a certain amount of um tickets for each ballot yeah. it has a ticket so for the for those they have to give an account for all that's missing otherwise you know they would say like you cheat you 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 got rid of ballots so they have a certain amount of spoil that's spoil the rejected is when you make a mark that's that touches the line or you make two marks or you know it's you can't count it so you call it rejected it's still in the ballot box because ain't like nobody open it to see that you spoil the ballot yeah. White is, yeah. So it counts as the overall amount of ballots cast, but it doesn't. You can't count it toward a, a constituent, or you can't count it toward a, a candidate. But like in in number one, it's just they had what is ninety two rejected or some ridiculous amount. It was it was over ninety, and I just thought like it was ridiculous. Like what happened? What did people write on them? We need we need reform, man. This thing it needs to be done. We could do better than this. This is twenty twenty. We could do we could do much better than than what we've been doing. We could do much we could do much much better. The last thing I want to touch on and I want to ask you your thoughts on like um in terms of the coverage and this is probably like a a tangent, but in terms of the coverage of of, of George Floyd, like what what do you mm-hmm. think what do you think going into like what what do you see um, from the ground here? These oh man, Stephen, like it's so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so much that's. So much thing that you could talk about because, you know, you have some politicians like, you know, the mayor who was trying to root for us <laughs> with mm. the Black Lives Matter movement. But then here recently you had, you know, we shunning him because I think I read that they wanted, you know, they were saying of cutting the police Funding, force yeah. budget. Mm-hmm. And then he tried to protest with them and he was shamed in terms of like they didn't want him protesting with them. But he didn't he didn't so reject like, that. Reject what? The the defunding of the police, the um the the, the monopoly. Yeah, he did he did reject it, but it seemed as if like the, that's what the people wanted. Mm-hmm. They wanted it, you know defunded. to be defunded. But it's just like yes, 
I understand like there is this whole police brutality, but at the same time, we still need some law enforcement. We still need some like protection. And I don't want to say, you know, of course, like we know all police isn't like bad, mm-hmm. but then we kind of have to like think about it. Okay, cut um, police budget. How is that really helping? Well, the thing is, I, I, I think I've, I've heard of the argument and... Again, somebody explained it to me in depth, and it does make sense when you think about the full scope of it. For one, the police is, they're very well armed. Very, like, mm-hmm. they're very well. And a lot of the budget goes toward the SWAT gear, special weapons. Um, they got weapon, mm-hmm. military grade weapons to police. A huge civ- amount of the budget actually go to that. <laughs> which, which they're using to police civilians. Now, the, the thing yeah. is, what, what's happening is they're finding uses for these weapons. So it's like, if they're going to spend $60 million on new weapons, you know, it's not like they're spending them just in case. They, they, they look for every reason to use this training on civilians. And most of the time, the civilians mm. are not armed with anything close to those specialized weapons and tactics that they're using. They're not like, why are you, why are you looking to have military-grade weapons to police unarmed, mostly unarmed civilians. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, I, so when they're saying defund... I totally agree. Yeah, when, I they're saying, when they're saying defund the police department, and, and not just them, but it's going to be far-reaching. They're going to say, start looking into what these police budgets are and taking some of that money and putting it into social endeavors. Like, a lot of these ghettos, like, they don't have a lot of social, like, basic social human things. Like, for example, like rehabs and um, um, mental health facilities and all of these, these programs. They don't have them because yeah. they, they, they're busy funding hundreds of millions into, into the, the police department. Who is, in effect, yeah. having to deal with people who have these same problems. Yeah, even the educational system, because, you know, the educational system in different neighborhoods, because it comes from, you know, the taxes mm-hmm. and from you, the neighborhood. So, from the specific neighborhoods. So if you're coming from a neighborhood, you know, that's not well off. Then your school is going to be crap. not much going to yard. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. The other day, I, so, didn't even, I didn't even realize this is how it works. I, th- I always thought that America functions differently to how the truth of how America functions functions, right? <laughs> and the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, I am going to love saying it's just a little harder the more I learn about this place. Because I think it's absolutely egregious that you are going to fund schools based on the taxes of the community versus the taxes of the yep. entire state and divvy that up. It's sad. Divvy it up in, in proportion so that everybody has at least similar levels of education. Yep. Similar. Yeah. Like, like America is just like, this ridiculous thing. Meanwhile, the police just gain funding from the state. Yeah, the police yeah. don't depend Sadly, on the taxes. It work like that. Because if the police depended on the taxes of, if like say you had a police station that was close to um, a low income community, then they would have less equipment because even though they're policing at at, at so called at risk community, which doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> the police they always have gone. They always have always have gone. Yeah. And the first thing, every time, like even, like, I don't know if you're seeing it, 
and and this is it's going to have a question but um what i'm seeing is that the police are responding to the peaceful protests with force yeah not it's, it's, just the loot it's scary it's scary because even if you want to even if you want to <laughs> you think you're doing something good but you could go and you know get your life taken or get hand <laughs> for standing up for the right thing for doing for, the right for standing up for the right thing but Nikira Nichols thank you so much for being on the show Really did Thank you for having me, Stephen. Oh, man, Hello, Wreckers. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Wreckers? I mean, that's what they call it. That sounds so bad. <laughs> Later, Wreckers. Well, no, I don't objectively know. Objectively incorrect. Yeah, it's probably Wreckers for sure. You wreck the social. Uh, I hope to build it. Cool. I hope to build it. If, if we wreck <laughs> it, I hope we build it back up better than before. Yeah. But yeah, it was great having you. Um, guys, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. My name is Steven Smith. Today we had um, Nikira Nichols on the show. 100%, yo. Um, as usual, guys, peace, no gang signs, and stay safe.